Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. I'm Justin Steeler with Steeler Ranch in Kerrville, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Kerry Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join us for another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the push is on to pass the Texas Right to Farm Constitutional Amendment. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. With beef prices jumping to record highs, what's keeping consumer demand strong? The quality of the product probably has a lot to do with it. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. Protecting children on farms and ranches. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and on Texas Ag Today, the National Farm Medicine Center has some key safety advice for youngsters and others working in agriculture. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas sees more triple-digit temperatures and drought conditions. Well, they're returning. We'll have those stories and more in today's report. We'll have all of that, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets coming up in today's show. A constitutional amendment to protect the right to farm and ranch here in Texas will be on the November ballot. It's proposition number one, and farm groups across Texas are throwing their support behind it. Deborah Parsons is with the Uvalde chapter of Texas AgriWomen. Well, it is of the utmost importance to not just farmers, ranchers, agribusiness, and landowners, but to anybody, as it's been said, anybody who eats food should be interested in this proposition and know why it is on the ballot in November and how important it is to get out and vote. Parsons says it's very important for groups like Texas AgriWomen to support this historic amendment. We were so passionate about it, we decided to make the donation at the chapter level, but also our state board felt it imperative as well and matched our donation. So yes, it's very important to us. Voters throughout Texas will vote on Proposition 1 on November 7th. Texas milk production fell last month. There were an estimated 635,000 head of milk cows in the state in August, down 20,000 head from last year. 
Texas dairies averaged 2,110 pounds of milk per cow in August. That's down slightly from the same time in 2022. Texas milk production last month was 1.34 billion pounds, which is the same as July's milk production, but is 3.2% lower than the production we saw in August of 2022. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Cattle prices are high, but expenses keep going up as well, and that makes it important to keep good records to know exactly what you have invested in your cattle. Northeast New Mexico cattleman Will Sowers has a cow-calf and backgrounding operation with his own cattle, plus custom backgrounding for customers. And with that many cattle, keeping good records used to take a lot of time. Oh, it's tremendously hard. There is a tremendous amount of bookkeeping that goes in with it. But that was made easier once he signed up with Performance Livestock Analytics. I had a friend who saw some old handwritten feed sheets that I had where I was recording everything I was feeding in the feed truck. And he told me, he's like, hey, you need to go look at this. This will save you a lot of trouble. And gave Performance Beef a call. And after about a two-hour consultation with them on the phone you know they they had every question i had answered in great detail and the sheer amount of time it saved me i can't even can't even add it up for more information you can check out performance livestock beef prices are at record highs in the grocery store but consumer demand is still strong James Hunt tells us the quality of our product is what keeps consumers coming back. Beef prices have reached record highs, but consumer demand remains very strong. I talked about this with Brady Miller of TCFA, the Texas Cattle Feeders Association. Miller says, for one thing, beef is not exactly standing out in terms of inflation for consumers. The price of everything is way up. But Miller also believes consumers are sticking with beef because they're finding the best beef ever. The quality is so much better than it has been ever in the past. Today, we're producing a very good, very wholesome, very safe product. And I think as long as we continue to do those things, the consumer will continue to provide for the industry by continuing to buy that product. These days, it is a lot easier to find prime and choice cuts of beef than it used to be. So why is so much high-quality beef available now? Miller points out with the way fed cattle marketing has evolved, the majority of contracts today reward producers for good carcass grades. When you start selling animals on an individual carcass and you get paid for that animal, the quality that you put in that animal, the better quality, the more money you make and the more money you get back in your pocket. Another reason for the greater abundance of high quality beef, Miller says during the massive herd rebuilding that followed the last major drought cycle about a decade ago, ranchers bought better quality replacements. When the producer went out and bought new cows, he bought better genetics and got better animals. I would predict that we're going to see somewhat similar thing happen coming out of this drought as we come back and replace those cows. The rancher is probably going to come back and replace that animal with better genetics than he had previously. That's Brady Miller with TCFA. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Keeping kids safe on the farm is one highlight of National Farm Safety and Health Week. Tom Nicoletti has more. As part of National Farm Safety and Health Week, 
Emphasis is placed on safety for both adults and children around livestock and livestock handling facilities, such as cattle chutes, here in Texas and across the nation. Here is Scott Heiberger at the National Farm Medicine Center. Animal handling, yes, and there are animal handling tasks included under an umbrella we call the Agricultural Youth Work Guidelines. These guidelines can enable a manager, a farm parent, to decide based on that individual child's abilities, physical and, and mental abilities, if they're ready to do a certain job. And if they go through the checklist and the, the young person checks out, maybe that's putting them in a good situation to succeed in that task. But if they fall short in any of those categories, maybe that's better left to an adult or, or to an older child. We try to think of ways to look at safety coast to coast, no matter what the commodity and what region, things that would help any farmer or farm worker, a stop and think it through approach or a take a minute or take a second. When you're about to do something, you pretty much know. The red flag pretty much goes off. Everyone pretty much knows what's safe and what isn't. And the challenge then becomes, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to take the extra moment or are you going to plunge right through and figure, oh, I've done it a hundred times safely. I'm, I'm just going to do it one more time. Try to play out what could happen. And then, you know, you try different ways to motivate farmers or, or any of us working in agriculture, encourage them to ask themselves, what if I get injured? What if I get seriously injured? What's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen to my operation? Any trick you can play with your mind to get yourself to take an extra second could cut down on your chances of injury. We have plenty of resources both for adult and child ag injury prevention. They can be found at cultivatesafety.org. All one word, cultivatesafety.org. That's Scott Heiberger. He is with the National Farm Medicine Center. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. It is still hot and dry in deep south Texas. Jim Hearn has an update from the Rio Grande Valley. The valley is seeing more triple-digit temperatures, and well, it's putting a lot of pressure on valley water supplies. Falcon Reservoir is now at 10.3% full, continuing a slow but steady decline. Amistad Reservoir at 36.1% full. That is basically steadied for now, but the latest drought monitor shows more areas of extreme South Texas slipping into a moderate to severe drought. Well, since our last report, Tropical Storm Harold moved across the South Texas area, mainly up to the ranch country, left three to five inches of rain in the ranch country, and that's taken away all of the wildfire danger. Much needed rainfall, but the rainfall did not make it all the way to the Falcon or Amistad Reservoir which we had hoped it would. Valley producers are gearing up for the planting of spring onions. The start will be around early October. Planting of cabbage, carrots, salad, greens, that's continuing across the area. Now, the valley should have enough irrigation water to get vegetable crops up and growing. Irrigation crews are also being kept busy irrigating citrus on a two to three week schedule. The harvest of early oranges will start in early October. Citrus sheds are rapidly getting needed repairs done to get the new season off to a fast start. For Texas Ag Today, this is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. The state plans to stock more than 200 million fish in Texas waters over the next decade. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And hay supplies are short once again this year. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. 
Howdy neighbors, Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas has lost over 2 million acres of agricultural land in the last 25 years. That's a threat to family farms, our economy, and our food supply. This is State Representative Dwayne Burns, and I'm here with my friend, Super Bowl champ, and Dallas Cowboy legend, Jay Novacek. You know, I've been a real cowboy my whole life, so I'm asking everyone to go out and vote for Proposition 1, the Right to Farm Amendment that this guy, Dwayne Burns, actually wrote. Whether you're a cowboy or not, this is important to all Texans. We all need access to safe and affordable food in the future. Proposition 1 protects our family farms and ranches so they can grow our food right here in Texas. On November 7th, please head to the polls and vote for Proposition 1, the Food for Texas Amendment. Yeah, come on, Texas. Let's do it Jay's way. Vote for Prop 1 and then spread the word with your friends and family. Political ad paid for by Right to Farm Texas PAC. Learn more about Proposition 1 at righttofarmtexas.com. That's right, the number two, farmtexas.com. Political ad authorized by Right to Farm Texas PAC. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Hay supplies are short once again this year. Dr. Bob Judd says it's time to check your hay stockpile to see if you have enough for the winter. The first task is to determine the average weight of your hay bales and not just count number of bales, but pounds of hay. The reason is there can be a big difference in depending on the size of the bales. A bale that is 4 by 5 feet normally weighs about 880 pounds, while a 5 by 6 foot bale can weigh almost twice as much. Then after you figure the total pounds of hay available, you can determine how much hay you will need to feed for the number of cows. In general, a lactating cow will consume about 2.5% of her body weight per day of moderate quality hay on a dry matter basis. A non-lactating cow will consume about 2% of the same hay. And when you figure the amount needed, hay does contain some moisture. So if the moisture content of the hay is 10%, the dry matter is 90%. We also have to figure in storage losses, usually due to weather. And this is typically about 8%, and feeding losses are typically about 5%. So by adding 10% loss in moisture, 8% storage loss, and 5% feeding loss, you actually have about 23% less actual pounds of hay that you bale. As an example, if we look at a 1,350-pound lactating cow that needs 2.5% of her body weight per day in hay, this would be 33.75 pounds of hay per day. Adding in storage losses and feeding losses increases the actual need for feed up to almost 43 pounds per day. So when figuring the amount of hay you would need per day during the winter for this cow, you would need to figure 43 pounds of hay per day instead of the initial 33 pounds due to suspected losses and moisture in the hay. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The state plans to stock more than 200 million fish in Texas waters over the next decade. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department plans to stock 205 million fish in Texas water bodies over the next 10 years. That detail is one of many outlined in TPWD's draft land and water plan. Tim Birdsong, TPWD's Deputy Director of Inland Fisheries, recently explained the proposed actions for public waters to the Parks and Wildlife Commission. 
our commitments in public waters center around continuing our fish stocking programs, investing in fish habitat restoration, including restoration of oyster reefs, large-scale management of aquatic vegetation in Texas lakes, management of aquatic invasive species, expanding access through paddling trails and new fishing access areas, maintaining our urban fisheries initiatives, updating our, our statewide assessment of ecologically significant streams, and we're also committing to invest in voluntary water transactions. That would be water agreements with voluntary landowner partners or river authorities, other controlling authorities to manage lake levels or river flows in a way to benefit recreation and conservation of fish and wildlife resources. The draft plan includes a commitment to develop a state park land acquisition strategy to design and construct five new state parks. That's really a a 10-year outcome hosting 31.5 million park visitors for committing to add new trails, new local parks through a recreation grants program, committing to maintain 1.4 million acres of public hunting lands. The draft plan is available on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department website. The public can weigh in on it through the end of the month. The Parks and Wildlife Commission is expected to consider adoption of the plan in November. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The cattle market had a nice rebound in the futures market on Wednesday. We'll take a look back at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy neighbors, Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. The 2023 Texas Cattle Feeders Association Annual Convention will be here before we know it. TCFA invites you to this year's convention, October 8th through the 10th, at the Gaylord Texan in Grapevine, Texas. Find more information by visiting tcfa.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a big turnaround in the cattle futures market on Wednesday. It's been a mostly negative week. Monday and Tuesday, the market headed lower. We started out that way Wednesday morning. However, around midday, we turned things around and closed strongly higher. We'll kick it off with the live cattle market where October was up $1.10, 186.77. December up $1.05, 191.52. With February live cattle up 92 cents, 195.85. Same thing on the feeder cattle. Nearby September was up 67 cents, 254.17. October feeders up $1.22 at 260 57 November feeder cattle up 55 cents, 265.57. Cash fed cattle market still quiet for the week. Feedlots here in the Southern Plains are asking 185 to 186 this week. Boxed beef prices lower Wednesday. Choice was down 78 cents, 301.34. Select down $1.87, 279.91. Now let's check those auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. 
Texas Neighbor, good day to you. Welcome back to the kitchen table. I'm Larry Marble. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network and our program, Walk in the Pens. Riley Rhodes sold cattle at Live Oak Livestock Three Rivers yesterday. Riley, how'd the Monday sale turn out? Ended up with a few more than what we talked about. Ended up with 1,761 head today. Uh, market pretty, I guess, fully steady all the way around. I thought maybe some of the better quality calves might have been uh, up to four cents higher than what they were last week. Uh, but overall, lots of lots of demand and a good solid market, lots of activity. Um, still not getting any pairs sold, uh, but they're kind of splitting out 975 up to 1600. Bread cows, uh, the better end of those, 1100 to 1350. Packer cows, steady money again, 108 to 118 on your high yielding cows, 106 to 112 on your breakers, 74 to 92 on your canners. Packer bulls, the high yielding bulls, 120 to 128. Low to medium yielding bulls, 106 to 120. Two to three weight choice steers. 252 to three dollars heifer mates 242 to 286 three to four weight choice steers 252 to 296 heifer mates 222 to 270 four to five weight choice steers 234 to 280 heifer mates 218 to 254 five to six weight choice steers 224 to 268 heifer mates 214 to 244 six to seven weight choice steers 218 to 242 uh, heifer mates 204 to 228 and the seven to eight weight cattle, your choice steers 208 to 236, and the heifer mates 192 to 218. So uh, got along good, had uh, good volume, and uh, cattle were good today. Quality was uh, sure all right, so uh, real pleased with the uh, way things sold today. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Riley. 361-813-6650 is the cell. 361-786-2553 is the office. Webpage, liveoaklivestock.com. Texas neighbor, that's it for walking the pens. Thanks to Riley Rhodes from Live Oak Livestock. They sell them every Monday there in Three Rivers. I do this every Monday through Friday right here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network in this program, Texas Ag Today. Thank you, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs finished higher in Wednesday's trade. October hogs are up 92 cents, 85.77. December hogs up $1.97, 78.22. Class 3 milk was lower. Nearby September milk down 8 cents at 18.28 a hundredweight, while October milk was down 36, 17.18 a hundred. The cotton market closed slightly lower. Traders were waiting on the Federal Reserve's announcement on interest rates Wednesday afternoon. They did not have any interest rate hike for September. However, they did leave open the possibility of an increase in November. That's pretty much what the market was expecting, so it didn't affect the cotton market very much. October cotton down 69 points, 85.37. December down 66 at 86.86. With March cotton down 65, 87.61 cents. The corn market moved higher again in a mostly quiet trade. December corn up six cents, 482 and a quarter. March corn up six and a quarter, 496 and three quarters. With May corn up six and a half, 505 and a half. The wheat complex was mixed. Hard wheat finished lower. Soft wheat was higher. December Kansas City wheat down two cents. 729 a bushel. December Chicago wheat up four and three quarters at 588 and three quarters. In the energy markets, October natural gas down 11 cents, 273. October West Texas crude down 93 at 9027 a barrel. The financial markets were mixed Wednesday afternoon. The Dow was up 117 points, 34,635. The Nasdaq down 62 at 13,614, with the S&P down 7 at 4,436. 
That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.